our first scripture reading and our main reading for the day is from Song of Songs, also known as the Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, chapter 4, 10 through 16. Upon my bed, night after night, I looked for the one whom I love with all my heart. I looked for him, but couldn't find him. I will rise now and go all around the city. Through the streets and the squares, I will look for the one whom I love with all my heart. I looked for him, but couldn't find him. The guards found me, those who make their rounds in the city. The one whom I love with all my heart, have you seen him? No sooner did I depart from them than I found the one whom I love with all my heart. I held on to him, and now I won't let him go until I brought him to my mother's house to the chamber of the one who conceived me. I place you under oath, daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles of the wild deer. Don't rouse. Don't arouse love until it desires. How beautiful is your loving, my sister, my bride. Your loving is so much better than wine, and your fragrance is better than any perfume. Sweetness drops from your lips, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue, and the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. An enclosed garden is my sister, my bride. An enclosed pool, a sealed spring. Your limbs are an orchard of pomegranates with all kinds of luscious fruit, henna and spices, nard and saffron, sweet cane and cinnamon with all scented woods, myrrh and aloes with the very choicest perfumes. You are a garden spring, a well of fresh water, streams from Lebanon. Stir north wind and come south wind. Blow upon my garden, let its perfumes flow. Our responsive reading is Psalm 4, found on page 741 in your hymnal. Answer me when I call, O God of my right. How long, O people, shall my honor suffer shame? But know that the Lord has set apart the righteous as God's own. Be angry, but do not sin. Offer right sacrifices. There are many who say, Oh, that we might see some good. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Our second reading for today is from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. First of all, then, I ask that requests, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Pray for kings and everyone who is in authority so that we can live a quiet and peaceful life <coughs> in complete godliness and dignity. 
This is right and it pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. There is one God and one mediator between God and humanity. The human Christ Jesus who gave himself as a payment to set all people free. This was a testimony that was given at the right time. I was appointed to be a preacher and apostle of this testimony. I am telling the truth and I am not lying. I am a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Our Gospel reading today comes from the Gospel according to Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Jesus also said to the disciples, A certain rich man heard that his household manager was wasting his estate. He called the manager in and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give me a report of your administration, because you can no longer serve as my manager. The household manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is firing me as his manager? I'm not strong enough to dig and too proud to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I am removed from my management position, people will welcome me into their houses. One by one, the manager sent for each person who owed his master money. He said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, 900 gallons of olive oil. The manager said to him, Take your contract, sit down quickly, and write 450 gallons. Then the manager said to another, How much do you owe? He said, 1,000 bushels of wheat. He said, Take your contract and write 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted cleverly. People who belong to this world are more clever in dealing with their peers than are people who belong to the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to make friends for yourselves, so when it's gone, you will be welcomed into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful with, a, with little is also faithful with much, and the one who is dishonest with little is also dishonest with much. If you haven't been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you haven't been faithful with someone else's property, who will give you your own? No household can serve no household servant can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. This is the word of God to the people of God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. The was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, World without end. Amen. Amen. I have to admit, this is The first time, as far as I can recall, that I have ever attempted to preach <coughs> on the Song of Songs, or the Song of Solomon, as it's also known. Apologize, I have a little bit of a tickle in my throat. I was tempted to ask by a show of hands how many people had actually read all the way through this particular book and thought they understood it. But I would have to raise my own hand because of the understanding part. And the reason is, is because it's very out of place when we look at what it is. It's a love song. Pure and simple, it is a song about love and not about 
loving God, but about a man and a woman who are in love. And it's rich. And the language is wonderful. And the images it shows are vivid and explicit. And it makes you wonder what this very energized love song is doing smack dab in the middle of the Bible. And out of all the explanations, the one that makes the most sense to me is that it's a reminder. It's a reminder of quite a few things, with the first being, love is from God. And not just the love that we think of when we have a love for a neighbor or love for a friend, but romantic love is a gift from God as well. And we don't often think of it that way. We think about marriage as a solemn pledge before God, but we don't think about the romance that got to that point as also something sacred, also as something to be cherished as a gift from God and something that's holy. But it is. The other thing that I have learned from this love song is one of the same lessons that we learned last week in Ecclesiastes, where Ecclesiastes teaches us it's okay to express our anger and our frustration. This song teaches us it's okay to express our joy, all of our joy. That it's okay to spell out exactly what it is we are happy for, and it's actually a really good thing for us to be able to go to God and say, hey, you know what, God? I know there's all sorts of things that I normally say I'm thankful for. But sometimes maybe I'm a little too nervous to admit I'm thankful for love. That I'm thankful for companionship and I'm thankful for embraces. And it reminds us that though we might be embarrassed about certain topics, God doesn't get embarrassed. God doesn't shy away. God doesn't turn red in the face and go hide and change the subject. Because God is deeply personal. And sometimes we forget that. How personal is God? God's personal enough to be concerned with every aspect of our lives, no matter how private, no matter how intimate. God is concerned about us and wants us to have healthy, happy relationships in all forms, in every way that we can. Too often, we relegate it to the way that we talk to each other and the way we treat each other. We think about it in all of the grander terms of loving each other as brother and sister and being kind and being caring, and all of those are important. But it also means allowing God into those little parts of our lives that are so private that we don't talk about them. But we can talk about them with God. Because God wants to know that every part of your life is good. 
God wants to know that if you have concerns with anything in your life, that he is there. And it just doesn't apply to love. It also applies to those struggles that we have that we don't share with anyone. The problems that we have that we think are too personal to share with anyone else, sometimes we get caught up thinking they're too personal to share with God. Sometimes we might be a little bit ashamed of the problems we have and we're too ashamed to talk to God about what's going on in our lives. And sometimes we're so worried that God isn't going to approve that we don't even ask him what we should be doing. We just hide it in secret and hope that it'll turn out okay. If you read through the Song of Songs, lots of it might make you uncomfortable. There are many passages that will come along that might make you look over your shoulder to make sure nobody is reading over it because they might question what it is you are reading. And there's a lot that feels so deeply personal, you wonder how somebody could actually share it with someone else, let alone sharing it in a text that would become part of the Bible. But it's a reminder that all that we are, Every aspect of us is laid bare before God. No matter what we try to hide away, God sees it. No matter what we are embarrassed of, God may still see beauty in it. God may still be acting with love and grace. And we're almost too ashamed to recognize that God is there. But he is. Through the good and the bad, when we are desperately seeking and worried that we won't find what it is we're looking for, when we have found something and we don't know how to share that joy, God is there. When we think it's something that we're not even sure how to talk about to anyone, we can talk to God, even if we don't get the words right even if it comes out all messed up and we're not sure that any of it makes sense, it makes sense to God. Because the thing is, is that God knows our hearts. God knows our thoughts. He understands what we're going through. Christ became flesh to understand humanity by becoming one of us. To be able to know those conflicts. And that we know he understood those conflicts when he prayed in the garden, asking that if he could be spared, it would overjoy him. But if not, he would still follow the plan. And I always keep that human moment in mind. When I read texts like this that relate very much to the fact that we are humans. That we have wishes, we have desires, we have hopes, we have dreams. We have feelings. And those feelings matter. 
Those feelings aren't something that we need to learn to control and keep hidden away from the world. They're not something that we need to keep bottled up and kept so that they are only something that we show in private. We need to be able to express ourselves to God so that we can fully understand what God wants from us. But it also helps us to understand the ways that God has blessed us that we might have been ignoring because we are too afraid to address it. That God blesses us with people who give us the best hugs. God blesses us with people who hold us tight when we just need to be held. God blesses us with emotions that help us to feel joy and to feel wanted and to feel loved. And is there to help us when those aren't met. Because God is always with us. Always there to help us. Always there to comfort us, guide us, and lead us. Not just through the things that we think are appropriate, but through the things that happen in our lives. Because God doesn't go away when we shut the door. God doesn't go away when we hide under the blankets. God doesn't go away when we turn off the lights. God is still there. God is still there giving us joy, helping us cope with loss, helping us to understand the things that confuse us. We may not be singing an epic love song. We may not be writing a love poem that will be handed down through the ages. But we are living a human life. A life full of all sorts of emotions and feelings and experiences that we often don't give God credit for. So I encourage each of you, sit down, read through this love song. Take the words to heart and think about all of the feelings on display. The worry, the passion, the love, the jealousy, the fear. And read it as a story about all those things God is there to guide us through. All those things that God is there to help us with. And know that God is always with you. Even if you try to hide, God will find you. And even the things that you shut out, God will see. And know that God is there to help. To help in every way, shape, and form. To help in ways you never expected to help because God is there so that we can live a good, joyful, righteous life. But the only way to do that is to be able to speak and to be able to listen. So open up your heart and share everything that you are. 
share it with God and let Him help you to grow to joy you may have never fully understood, to peace that you may have never fully had. And to be reconciled to the one who made you the beautiful human being that you are. Amen.